This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to The Gaggle, an AZ Central podcast where we chat with reporters and experts to keep you fully informed on the state's political news. I'm Yvonne Winget Sanchez, and I cover national politics for the Arizona Republic. I'm Ron Hansen. I'm a national reporter covering the Arizona congressional delegation. Today, we're talking dark money. On Friday, March 29th, APS finally confessed to being behind millions of dollars worth of dark money ads that were intended to push people away from candidates who support solar energy. We're joined today by Ryan Randazzo, who's been covering Arizona utilities for the past 12 years. Ryan, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Ryan, can you break down really quickly the news that you broke on, I think it was late in the afternoon, Friday, March 29th. It kind of went under the radar. We had a lot of other news events going on. uh, And... This is very important. You've been covering this issue for six, seven years. Yeah. So what we learned that Friday afternoon is what most of us suspected for several years now, that APS and its parent company, Pinnacle West Capital, were behind the dark money ads going back to 2014 to help elect people to the Arizona Corporation Commission. Um, APS is the biggest utility in the state. The Corporation Commission sets the rates and policies for that utility, and there was millions of dollars spent in that election. Most people assumed that it was APS doing that spending because they had the biggest interest in that election, but APS would never confirm that they were the ones supporting those advertisements. Why does this matter? Why was this such a big deal? Well, dark money is always contentious. People like to know who is trying to influence their opinion. But in the case of APS and the Corporation Commission, it seemed um, especially insidious because, again, the Corporation Commission, there are five people elected in Arizona, and they set the rates and policies for companies like APS. So to have APS spending millions of dollars to influence the election so that it gets its preferred candidates really did not sit well with many people. And in fact, it didn't sit well with people at APS who never did this in the past. But they decided in recent years that because there were interest groups that wanted to promote renewable energy, that they needed to contest that in the same way. Um, And for whatever reason, they decided to try and do that anonymously. Although, as we said earlier, Not many people fell for that. I mean, they were doing it anonymously, but everyone suspected that they were, in fact, behind this. And then we did finally get confirmation that they were. Okay, let's break this down a bit. Uh, Yvonne, you've been talking about dark money in politics for a number of years now. Um, Give us sort of a working definition, a a layman's definition for what this is is when we're talking about dark money. So in its most basic sense, this is money that is perfectly legal and can be donated to various groups known as social welfare organizations, nonprofit groups, corporate nonprofit groups, and it does not have to be disclosed to the public where the money comes from. So when people give to these dark money groups, they typically don't really want it to be publicly known that they have donated. This can be heads of giant corporations, this can be individuals, very wealthy individuals, 
We started to see a rise in this giving following a 2010 Supreme Court case that allowed for corporations to give unlimited amounts of money to these types of groups. And so you had people uh, in Arizona and beyond figuring, look, this is our right. This is our free speech right. Why should we have to pay any sort of political consequence with people knowing that we're supporting these types of candidates or these types of ballot measures when we can just give anonymously? So these are typically 501c4 groups. And by law, they are supposed to spend most of their money on issues of public import. Okay. So what does that mean when you say issues of import? What what range of subjects does that cover? So that could be anything from trying to, quote unquote, educate or inform people about solar energy. It could be related to the economy. It could be related to healthcare. This could they could reach you in the form of a pamphlet that arrives at your uh, campaign door. You might think it might look like a campaign mailer, but really it's only intended to educate you and to inform you of um, an issue or topic or person that this group deems important. So we've got this new and extra money flowing through campaigns these days. And it's all intended to help steer the way the public thinks about various issues, sounds like. Yeah. And the amount of dark money in many Arizona elections have really risen um, since 2010. We saw a record amount of spending in the governor's race back in 2014 uh, on ballot initiatives. And again, as Ryan said, for a lot of people, this is a very contentious issue because it comes down to transparency, right? Like who is funding these campaigns from the outside? And really, what do they want from their money? Supporters of dark money will say it's their right to anonymously contribute to these groups to advance certain policies or ideas without retribution. Others say it's really a destructive force in American politics because there isn't a lot of uh, transparency. It could lead to issues of conflict of issue of interest, especially when you have candidates who are supposed to be on a board or a panel to regulate corporations. It just leads to a lot of questions as to why wouldn't these people be beholden to the very people who help put them there? So in the case of APS, Ryan, we now know with 100% certainty, as if your reporting hadn't already established that, that these guys were spending a lot of dark money to elect the regular regulators that they preferred. Uh, they didn't always do this, though. So how did we end up in, in that posture? Well, um, it really goes back to before that election and, and APS sort of having a rough time with its regulators. And then all the way back in the 2008 election, when you had a Democrat um, running with a team to promote solar energy, and that Democrat, Sam George, spent a ton of money in the election um, for the Corpcom, which historically has been sort of a sleepy race. Sam George spent a ton of money and that triggered matching funds for the other two Democrats. And then that year you had Sandra Kennedy and Paul Newman, two Democrats, get elected to the commission. Um, and then for the you know next four years, uh, APS had to had to deal with people who ran on this campaign to promote solar energy and um, and make life uh, difficult for that utility. And for people who are maybe not um, as into the ins and outs of the campaign finance uh, system here in Arizona, that meant for every dollar that Sam George got, the Democrats got matched by the state. 
Right. So when he would spend $100,000, then that would trigger matching funds for the other two Democrats. And the other Democratic candidates he inadvertently helped were also pro-solar, correct? Yeah. Sandra Kennedy and Paul Newman, um, they're extremely uh, pro-solar. Um, so Sam lost, but the other two uh, did win election. And then they served uh, with Republican Chris Mays, who also was a big proponent of renewable energy. And, and the three of them then had a majority to make life hard on APS, which they regulated. Okay. But how hard did they really make it for APS in that, that period? Pretty hard. And as a personal observation, I think the average corporation commission hearing where or meeting when there was an APS issue was uh, extended by about two to three hours. Um, just a lot more questions, a lot more difficult questions for, for um, the utility. Uh, they strongly advocated for renewables and energy efficiency. They passed in 2010 a requirement um, for companies like APS to cut their energy sales 22% by 2020. That was a 5-0 vote, so it was bipartisan among the commissioners, but that was a major um, policy change. That's like ordering McDonald's to quit selling so many French fries. You know, you're telling electric companies to cut how much electricity they sell. Um, and at the time, APS was still paying cash incentives for people that installed solar. And that was a constant point of debate over what should those incentives be? How much should you pay people to install solar to encourage that technology? Eventually, those incentives were phased out because solar itself was so affordable that you didn't need to offer those incentives, but it was always a difficult fight. And then the, the debate changed to how much should a company like APS actually pay customers for that solar energy that they produce at home. So there was a lot of different details that the commission um, had a hand in deciding for APS. And we're talking big money here, right? Yeah, I mean, there's a million customers at APS. So when you talk about, you know, fractions of a penny per kilowatt hour of electricity, it translates into tens of millions or hundreds of millions of dollars over over several years. So all these decisions were, were big dollar. And again, having people who really wanted to crack down on the utility serving as its regulators, that made life hard for the company. So this is all kind of what set the stage for APS's involvement in dark money back in 2014. Right. So they had already seen big money come into the Corporation Commission elections, um, basically on the other side, you know, for people that would make um, their regulatory environment difficult. And then they are gearing up for a, a big policy change in rooftop solar, again, over how much you pay customers for their surplus energy. And there's two Republicans running that year, uh, Vernon Parker and Lucy Mason, and they're being supported by the solar industry, a group called TUSC, which was stood for, stands for Tell Utilities Solar Won't Be Killed. So APS sees that, you know, the industry is going to back candidates. And if those candidates get elected, they've pledged to increase the use of solar. That's something that APS was actively trying to change. And so they got involved in the elections. If, um, you know, SolarCity and, and other solar companies are going to be backing candidates, then APS felt it would be appropriate for them to do the same. Although in that year, they did not disclose that they were doing it. Um, Which was, again, perfectly legal. Perfectly legal to do, but just did not sit well with many people. And then what happens is the two Republicans who APS supported and was widely believed to be supporting won. So Tom Faris and Doug Little, two Republicans, win election to the commission. Now they're going to regulate APS. And, and the fact that APS was widely believed to have contributed, and now we know they contributed, 
really cast a shadow over those two regulators. They never were able to escape that. People always assumed that they were going to give impartial treatment to APS to the benefit of that company because they're sitting in office thanks to millions of dollars from that company. Why did APS finally admit to this if it's perfectly legal and they got what they wanted? That's a great question. They are facing a subpoena from Sandra Kennedy, who was elected way back in 08. Then she lost um, her re-election bid. But as part of the backlash against this dark money, she won re-election last year in 2018. She actually got more votes than anyone else in the race. And she pledged to enforce a subpoena against APS to turn over this information. Another regulator, uh, Bob Burns, also had been trying to do the same thing, just to force disclosure because he didn't doesn't like the um, accusation that the regulators are beholden to the utility, especially because utility helps elect them. Um, and APS did contribute openly to Bob Burns' uh, campaign um, in 2016. So they were facing a subpoena. They, When they responded, they said they still don't think the subpoena is legal, but that they were voluntarily re- releasing this information. And, and in the 450-some-odd pages of documents they released, there was one page that detailed how much money they gave to dark money groups in 2014, and that money then flowed into the Corporation Commission race. So would there be any other reason that they made this disclosure now? We knew that they were facing the subpoena deadline from the uh, Corporation Commissioner, Sandra Kennedy. But we also know that APS has been under federal investigation uh, by the Department of Justice. We'll get to that Mm -hmm. in a second. But could they have been given any kind of maybe um, clearance letters by the feds to say, hey, you know, we've closed this investigation or is there some some other thing hanging out there that could have made them feel comfortable with disclosing this now? Well, you're right. So they've been under investigation since 2016 and they did disclose that both um, to the media and to shareholders through regulatory filings back in 2016. So we've known that the FBI was investigating them since then. If they received a letter that says that investigation is over, they have not told us that yet. Okay, so let's go back to the point about the FBI uh, being involved in this. Where did that come from? Because that's kind of a big deal. Uh, This is this really powerful company, and this investigation has actually received national attention. Yeah, and and we know very little about that FBI investigation other than it started in 2016, and the FBI also investigated a guy named Gary Pierce. He was on the Corporation Commission, and Gary Pierce's son, Justin, ran for Secretary of State, and he also received a lot of dark money funding in 2014. And so there was a suggestion made publicly by candidates at the time that APS was funneling dark money to Justin Pierce so that they would get favorable treatment from Gary Pierce, who was one of their five regulators at the time. Um, Lots of people complained about this. They were also, of course, complaining about the dark money going into the commission races. Um, And then we did learn in 2016 that Gary Pierce had been visited by the FBI and was under investigation. And then shortly after, we learned that APS had received subpoenas from a grand jury back then. Didn't say much except for, you know, these... The investigation deals with statewide races. So that would probably cover both Justin's race and it wouldn't probably. It would cover the Secretary of State's race and the Corporation Commission races. Those are both statewide election issues. Um, 
And we don't know. No, there were never. Uh, there's never been a case r- related to that investigation. There was a separate uh, corruption trial involving Gary Pierce. Something the FBI learned about while investigating this. They learned of ties to a water utility in the East Valley. That um, that did go to trial, but nothing with APS ever did go to trial. And we we don't know whether that investigation is is concluded or not. It could be the reason we learned this, though. So since 2014, when APS made its big splash with dark money, how did their spending habits play out in the years after that? Well, they spent even more, but it was less contentious (laughs) because they were telling people that they were doing it. And um, it didn't – it still doesn't go over well with folks that the utility can help pick its regulators, um, but it's much less controversial when they just say they're doing it rather than money shows up from from dark money groups in, in the elections. Um, last year in 2018, they set aside an account to get in the Corporation Commission races, but they didn't spend any of that money. Why they didn't do that is anyone's guess, but Everyone running for the Corporation Commission last year basically had a platform that they were going to crack down on APS. So maybe they just didn't see it working to their benefit to get involved in that race. And at the same time, they were spending a historic amount fighting a clean energy ballot measure. Um, so their attention was was sort of set aside on on the Prop 127, which would have increased the amount of renewable energy here. And, and again, they spent a record amount in that and, and avoided participating in the CorpCom elections. It felt like the investigation, the broader investigation uh, into APS, Pinnacle West, really had a chilling effect on how other donors decided to spend their money or contribute during the last cycle, too. I mean, we, we did not see the same type of dark money spending and contributions this last cycle compared to 2014, when it was just like no holds bar, the gate was open, and we had, I think it was tens of millions of dollars in just the governor's race. It, it felt like it just really affected how everybody else decided to, to spend their money too. Yeah. And I'm guessing here that part of that is just a realization that the backlash from the public might not be worth spending the money darkly. Um that when the story becomes, you know, anonymous spending and anonymous sources and, and that the media focuses on what we don't know, then the message that these groups are trying to, to put forth gets gets lost. So I just have to end this episode on this note of <laughs> this is really why journalism matters, because if Ryan wasn't out there pouring through 426 pages of um, documents late on a Friday night you wouldn't know what you now know. So you can support local journalism by subscribing to azcentral.com. Ryan, that is it for today. Thank you so much for coming in. I'm sure our Gaggle listeners will be hearing from you soon. And if you have any questions, you can reach out to me on Twitter at Yvonne Winget. And you can find me at Ronald J. Hansen, and that's H-A-N-S-E-N. And I'm at Utility Reporter. If you like the show, please subscribe and leave a rating wherever you get your podcasts. Remember, your support is what makes it possible for us to do this each week. Today's episode was edited and produced by Taylor Seeley, Katie O'Connell, and Kayla White. Thanks again. We'll be back next Wednesday.